Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And he said, you need to learn when to say no. Ooh. And I was really annoyed when he first said it, but reflecting back on the year, once I got through to January of 2019, I realized he was right. Welcome to That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no in all its forms. To help you become the authentic and empowered person that this world needs. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. I'm a middle-aged mom, wife, marketer, and business owner on a journey learning to say no and set boundaries because I'm finally ready to live my best life. I decided to start this podcast to share what I've learned so far and help you live your best life too. And I'm a 31-year-old mom of three boys, three years old and under, a wife, business owner, and licensed professional clinical counselor. I'm here to share not only about what works in my daily life, but also share evidence-based strategies to get you closer to the personal and professional life you've always wanted. Before we start, there's something we should say right off the bat. While I am a licensed professional clinical counselor, this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy with a mental health professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, we welcome you on this journey, but we also invite you to seek out professional help. Go to the show notes page and click the link to find a therapist near you. Thanks, Sarah. You ready to get started? You bet. All right, let's do it. So let's just introduce ourselves and tell people who we are and why the heck we're here. (laughs) Sounds great. So I'm Heather. I'm the owner of Clever Girl Marketing, which is a small full-service marketing agency in the greater Cleveland, Ohio area. Um, I've owned the business for about five years And um, I'm also a formally trained artist and I'm a painter. And um, you'll hear me talk about in future episodes how I'm an art school dropout, probably so. (laughs) Um, I'm married. Um, This spring, I will have been married 25 years, which I can't believe. It's crazy. Um, And I'm the mom of two young adult children. Um, We're all home together. Um, My son... um, participates in the family business a bit. And uh, my daughter's a college student who opted to take a gap year this year. So so we're all home. We're all (laughs) making it work, uh, working from home. And um, so, yeah, so that's me. So my name is Sarah. I am married to a wonderful man, Justin. We have been married for four years together for seven. Within those four years, 
he and I had three beautiful babies. Beckham is our oldest. He is three and a half. He looks identical to my husband, but acts exactly like me. And then Anderson is our middle. and He is true to a T middle child. He's a wild card. Um, and he is almost two. And then we have an 11 week old Tristan, um, who has just been one of the best babies. So, so yeah. So those three boys keep me on my toes. I am actually one of three as well, but I have two sisters. So I grew up with all girls. So, so it has been an extreme learning curve for me. Um, so. In addition to, you know, being married, having three kids, um, I recently opened my own private practice. It is individual couple and family therapy, um, which I love. And it has been such a great experience. But with this pandemic and having three kids right now, I am working from home. So it's hilarious because Heather, you can see me and I know listeners, you can't, but behind me, my backdrop is like a photography backdrop. And I am in our basement storage room that we hung um, a backdrop so that I can do my virtual sessions this way. So for those of you who are working from home, hats off to you. Um, but I, we do have childcare that comes to the house that we, that allows me to have my sessions and also be home with the kids. So I am working from home and I'm never not with the kids or working. It's, It's been a lot, but it's also, it's been wonderful. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. And if any of you've seen um, Sarah's Instagram, uh, mom life therapist. Yes. um, She's, she's (laughs) such an inspiration. I see her exercising. It's five 36 in the morning and um, I aspire to be as energetic as you are. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's, you've got it a lot going on, but you somehow make it work. Well, thank you. And we're going to dive into the reason why that morning routine is so important (laughs) for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we should probably tell people, uh, kind of how we met and, and how this whole thing came about, why we're doing this podcast. Um, I guess I should, do we want to start with our story, uh, how we met? You know what? Let's go for it. Okay. So, um, I'll just say Sarah, Sarah bought me in an auction. (laughs) You guys, it's so true. I had made the decision that I wanted to start investing in myself. And so I saw this very beautifully put together display in a silent auction. And I have to admit that I was literally stalking the table. If you've ever (laughs) been to an auction before and you don't want someone to outbid you. So I kept looking to make sure that I was the highest bidder because for some reason, and I don't know if you've been there before, but I just had that feeling in my stomach. Like I just knew that this was the right move for me to make. And it was the best decision because it's led me to, to you, Heather. Oh, well, that's so nice. Well, we, we worked together for a few months we worked on some, some brand strategy stuff. And then, and then, you know, we amicably, you know, put a pin in it and we said, we'll talk to each other again. And then, um, this opportunity came, uh, to talk about no, and this podcast and I I thought you know I 
I want to help people and I want to put this information out there. I want to share this story with people, but I also don't want to just, you know, put stuff out there and give people bad advice. I want someone to check me to have some, some facts, some science behind the things I'm talking about. Who do I know that could be that balance? And I immediately thought of you and sent you this late night random, hi, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a long time. Here's a crazy question, email, thinking, you know, knowing you had just had a baby too. Which I was nursing in the middle of the night (laughs) when I read the email that you had sent. (laughs) Oh, that's good. So yeah. So then I thought she's never, she's going to think I'm nuts. And so, uh, but then like the next day I got this email saying, yeah, let's, this is amazing. Let's do it. So so yeah, so it's so funny. You never know when you meet someone or, you know, where things will go. But, and this has always yeah. been a vision board item for me, but I didn't know where to start. And so you were that blessing in my life that got the ball rolling. Huh. And I am just so excited to be doing this together and putting all of this information out in the world. So Heather, I think it's really important that you share with our listeners your story because you are the reason why we're here today. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I'll start with just like the, the, the real premise of it. So the, in 2019, the beginning of 2019, I was exhausted and burnt out and not sure if I wanted to keep going with my business. I, had just finished a year of exponential growth in 2018. Um, We had brought in more revenue than ever. Um, However, I personally made less money than I ever had with the business. I paid my my contractors more than I paid myself. Wow. Um, I lost money on one client project. I um, I was frustrated. I had just gone through a huge family tragedy where we'd had a, a fire in the family and had all kinds of trauma related to that. I was just exhausted. And I, I just said to myself, I, I just can't keep doing this. Something has to change. And I remembered a conversation I'd had with a client uh, in the summer, in the midst of all the, the family tragedy stuff going on, um, where he was a little frustrated with me, I think. And he said, you need to learn when to say no. Ooh. And I was really annoyed when he first said it, but reflecting back on the year, once I got through to January of 2019, I realized he was right. And there were so many things I realized I had set up uh, along the way uh, by being afraid to say no, by not asserting myself, by not listening to my gut. And I, what I had done was set up these like, like ugly confrontations and things that could have been avoided. I've been Um, there. Uh, because I was so afraid to say no in the moment. And, you know, I ended up at the beginning of 2019, I fired a client. I fired one of my core contractors. I just was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, And I do need to learn to say no. And so I named 2019 my year of no. My my (laughs) assistant at the time, she made a little thing that was on my, um, my bulletin board that had the word, sorry, but dot, dot, dot crossed out. And then it just said no period. And then she wrote hashtag year of no. And so that became the mantra. And so I 
decided to make a game out of it because it was so hard for me to say no. And that game was every day I had to find one thing to say no to. That was my goal. I had to look for those no's. And so it literally became a game. And I made a, a, a little area in my bullet journal every day where I had to mark it. So every day there had to be something and I wrote what it was. I love that. And, and, um, and so sometimes that no was uh, someone came to me and said, we want you to work for us for this business or whatever. And I would learn more about the business and I just wasn't comfortable with what their business did. I didn't think it was ethical or it was going to fail or, or they'd ask, my favorite is, would you be willing to work for free, but take a back end of the profits? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, you know, I, I had heard that question surprisingly many times sure. from startups and at first, I was very uncomfortable, and I would say, "I, you know, I let me think about it." But you know, I never wanted to, and so I've gotten to the point where I said, "No, no, we don't do that." I'm sorry, we're a fee-for-service company. Mm-hmm. Um, then those sometimes were as simple as not opening my email first thing in the day mm-hmm. and reacting to all the requests I got and letting that be the thing that determined my day. Mm-hmm. You know, or sometimes it's putting my phone on do not disturb and not answering the phone. Sometimes it's as simple as don't answer the phone. Um, But it, it actually enabled me to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. Um, It enabled me to set my own schedule, define what my goals were, what it was, what kind of work did I want? Um, It just became this process. And each time I said, no, I felt better about it. It became it went up from being a negative thing that I felt guilty about mm-hmm. to this positive win of, yeah, I got my no for the day. All right. right. And then I, you know, and I can, you know, I would do, I would, I would feel good about it and go on with my day. Well, Sometimes it, I'd be on the, I didn't mean to cut I'm you sorry. off, but it, no, it please sounds do. like the more that you let others, you stopped letting others control you. You took control right. of yourself. Right. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't know about you, but I, for so long felt so much guilt mm-hmm. about saying no, mm-hmm. especially if someone's paying me. If someone is like a small business owner is paying this marketing agency, right? It's a lot of money. It's an investment. And they're paying me this amount to work on their stuff. If they email me, I feel like I owe it to them mm-hmm. to respond right away. Right. right. I owe it to them to say yes to this thing, even though it isn't something we talked about. Doing. But I've learned that yeah, my time is valuable to all my clients. It's valuable to myself. I, if I can't work on the business, then it's going to fail. So I have to set my own agenda. I have to define my boundaries. And so, but it took me a really long time to get over feeling guilty about it. And so to the point where my assistant would be sitting in that desk over there. I don't know if you can see on your screen, but um, she'd be sitting in the desk in my office and she'd hear me talking on the phone. and she would look over at me and she would hold up her hands and make a hashtag symbol. Oh, and that became great. our shorthand hashtag year of no. And she'd be just like flagging. Your accountability like, no, partner. No, no, say no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She, she would hold me to it. And so, um, so anyway, it just became this, this thing that, um, it, and I, you know, it took me until about May of that year to really, really get in the groove of it. Like it's, it was a struggle for months. And so May, I really started to get to in the groove of doing at least one no a day. And then in that I rebuilt my website and in the fall. And uh, I think that was that fall. 
I'm losing track. Uh, either that fall or later in, in 20, it was in, yeah, it was 2019. And I, I actually made a section in my website. This is what we don't do because I felt like, and I also put, started putting prices on my website because I felt like instead of, I wanted that to be the no right up front. I'm, I'm not going to work for less than this amount. I'm not going to do these things. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. And if people aren't going to hire me, then fine. You know, one of the things I tell my clients all the time is you can't be everything for everybody. You are who you are. Let's market that. Right. So I had to, you know, put up or shut up. So I did, I did that for myself. And so, you know, by the end of 2019, I felt like I was kind of getting it, but I was really only applying it to my business life. And so at the end which of 2019, which was improving by you putting these boundaries yeah, up. Yeah. And, and I was seeing results yeah. and there was a period of the year where I didn't have a lot of work because I was saying no. Mm-hmm. Right. But I wasn't as stressed. I wasn't as harried. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I didn't feel bad about the work I was doing. I felt good about the work mm-hmm. we did have. And, and because I said no, um, I was able to focus on building my business. And so then by the end of 2019, I was more teed up to really market myself better. So at the end of 2019, I just finished a website for a wonderful client who you will meet later. <laughs> and, um, and she, we, we were meeting to celebrate a website we had just launched and I was training her and kind of giving her some documentation and it was the holiday season. So we had some cocktails and we were, you know, just socializing mm-hmm. at the end of the year. And she said, what is, what is 2020 going to be about? <laughs> Little did we know, right? But you know, what is 2020 going to be about? What's, what's going to be the focus of year? Cause she knew about this, this year of no thing, everybody around me, I was, I've been preaching this since I started doing it. And, um, and I said, you know, I don't, I don't think I have this no thing down yet. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of improvement. I'm feeling better about it, but it's still not instinctual. I still struggle. And I really haven't applied it in my family life. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of guilt around saying no and setting boundaries with my family and my friends. And it's almost harder well, in your personal life. Absolutely. And what's so interesting, and I talk to my clients about this all the time, is that it's like a muscle. Like if you want to, yeah. if you want to strengthen, you know, if you want to get strong physically, you exercise, right? To get the strong muscles that you want. But what you're doing is you're trying to strengthen this no. So you have to practice. You have to exercise yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And can I, can I just mention our first podcast guest? Yes. <laughs> so adorable. So, you know, as we mentioned, Sarah is a mom of three young boys, one of whom is 11 weeks, 11 weeks, old. 11 weeks. His name is Tristan. And so he's joining us because she is a true multitasker. And he's <laughs> actually decided already to say no. And he said no to bottles. And so I am currently, yes, nursing him yeah, while yeah. we are doing this. The queen of multitasking. So um, yeah, our first podcast guest, yeah, it's official in the books. Um, so he's adorable, and I'm I'm so impressed by you. Well, thank I, I you. You know, it's just <laughs> at my age, I look at you and I'm just exhausted. But anyway, so <laughs> um, so anyway, so she said, "What is this year going to be about?" And I said, "I I think I think I need to keep working on this no thing." And she said, "No 2.0. And I was like, "Yes, that is it." And so now I have a new thing here. I'll show you, Sarah. It's on my board. If you can read this. Oh, I love that. If so you guys can see sorry. this, it's so cute. I'll put we'll put it on our social media. Perfect. 
Yeah. Um, and I actually have a whole board above me that has all these things, but it says, I'm sorry, but it's crossed out. And then no is in bold. And it's just no period because people know is a complete sentence. And, and so it has hashtag year of no hashtag no 2.0 hashtag focus, because for me, it's been the thing that allows me to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I said, yeah, that's it. No 2.0. That's, that is it. And so, so that was January or, Fe- or December, of, um, 2019. And then January rolled around and funny thing happened around the holidays. I got a little cold and I normally am one of those people who I, even though I have adult children and, you know, it's not like, I, you know, it's, not the same, but you still, you still are taking care of everything as a mom. And I normally would just ignore it and not go to the doctor, but I had this cold and I, something just didn't feel right. All my lymph nodes swelled up and I, um, this is Tristan's getting transferred. (laughs) And our second guest. Yes. I love it. it. We're a a team. That was my husband. That's right. I love it. I love it. So amazing support system you have. Well, I wanted to give you your time because this is a very uh, listeners listen up for, for this next, um, the next part of her story. So the holidays come around and I, uh, have a little cold and I normally wouldn't have gone to the doctor about it, but just something seemed off and I, my lymph nodes were all swollen up and really painful, which had never happened to me before. Um, and so I called the doctor on Christmas Eve day and I just said, you know, would this, is this, you know, I have this weird cold and I just feel strange and, you know, maybe I'm overreacting, but should I come in? And they said, yeah, maybe so. So they just scheduled me to see a nurse practitioner on New Year's Eve day. And so then I, I, the day of that appointment, I almost canceled because I felt like I was overreacting, which is, you know, and I'm busy. It's New Year's Eve day. I've got things, family things to do, blah, blah, blah. So I almost didn't go, but something told me go. So I went and I, I told her, you know, the nurse practitioner, I, you know, I think I'm overreacting. Maybe this is nothing, but I'm, you know, I'm still having pain in the spot under my arm and, you know, do I need to worry about it? And she said, you know, you're 50 years old. You haven't had a mammogram in a couple of years. Let's get you a diagnostic mammogram. You're due for your regular, but let's just get a, the real deal one. And so, so I said, okay. So they, they kind of urged me to go in right away. And so I, I did that. So, um, so later that month, a couple of weeks later, I had my appointment and I went in and it, if you've, ladies, if you haven't had a diagnostic mammogram, it's, it's, it's one where they use specialized equipment. It's, you know, the process is about the same, but they have, I guess, stronger cameras. And then, um, and then you kind of wait and they, they assess it right away. They don't make you go home. And so then if they see something, then they bring you in for more imaging. And so they just kept doing that. They kept bringing me back for more imaging. Okay. Now I want to see you in 3d. Now I want to see you in ultrasound. And so by the time they get me into ultrasound, I'm starting to panic a little bit. And so the, the pain and lump I had felt was under my right arm. And so they, uh, they put me on the ultrasound table and they did it. And they said, okay, we're going to bring the doctor in. So I knew something was up and she came in and she said, yes. Yeah, so surprise, there's something on the left. And so like no thought that anything was going on in the left, but they said, we see something and we think it's cancer. Wow. 
So it's that commercial you see where that woman kind of goes into her head and everything goes away and it that literally happens to you. It's just literally you just kind of freeze and go into it like what is happening mode. And and they start rushing like you got to fill out this paper, we're going to do this biopsy, we're going to like you're suddenly having to make decisions right in that moment and it's just kind of shocking. Well, um, let's and let's stay there for a second. I mean, what was yeah. going through your mind? I just remember my heart racing and panicking and, and just, I guess, fear of the unknown, what was going to happen and being very aware that I was having difficulty focusing and listening. And so I was trying to make sure I understood. And so I just kept asking a lot of questions and making them repeat themselves over and over and asking them to write things down. Sure. And, um, and just kind of feeling a little shaky and scared. And I was, I was terrified. And I, and I, you know, when I first went to that doctor and I, or, you know, the nurse practitioner, and I, I, I had a sense, I just had this weird internal sense that something was really wrong. And I was really scared. And I, I had had a couple of nights where I couldn't sleep. And I really thought like, this is it. I've got cancer. And I, I've never had, I've never been one of those people that does that. You know, some people get a headache and they think they have brain cancer. Like I just, I just, I just sort of knew, and then it happened, and then I just was just kind of in shock. Sure. And so, I, I went home, and then you know we had a point. Then the, you go through a process. Then after this happens, then you have biopsies, and, and that's scary because I'm afraid of needles and just you just, but what choice do you have? You, you know, my favorite quote in the whole world is a Winston Churchill quote was when you're going through hell, keep going. Mm. And because that's the only way to get through to the other side. Right. So I just was like, okay, what do I have to do? Let's just go through this. And so I went, it was by, I think February 4th or 5th, they, I got a call and said, yep, the biopsy confirms you have cancer. And so then I had to go get more things and then they suspected there might be something on the right. And so I, all in all, what ended up happening is they found out I had stage one cancer on the left, on the right, I had a non-cancerous tumor that could become cancer. So it had to be removed. So I had two areas that had to be um, surgically taken care of. The good news is that it was stage one, it was caught really early and they didn't, I didn't have to have chemo. Um, so I knew, you know, that I would only have to go only quote unquote, <laughs> have to go through radiation. Um, and one of the things the doctors told me is that if I had not gone to the doctor when I did, if I had not seen that nurse practitioner, if I had not gotten that kind of mammogram when I got it, they would not have seen this. Wow. And, it, and they would not have spotted it. Like, let's say I had just... I had one like on the books, like a regular mammogram on the books for like a couple months later. If I had gone to that one, they would have missed it. And then it would have grown all year until I, you know, the year came back around and it was time for another one. And it would have been a much different situation. And so they said, you know, that nurse practitioner probably saved your life. Wow. So, so I felt like a little bit of providence or luck going on there. Mm -hmm. So then at this point I started to feel kind of grateful and kind of, um, lucky. And so, so quick then, PSA, if you have that feeling inside of you, listen that, to your gut. Absolutely. Yeah. And get those mammograms, mm -hmm. get those mammograms. I had put it off 
you know, it had been two years and cause I was, I just don't like getting them who does, but. And you um, don't like to take time for yourself, which you're working totally, on. <laughs> I'm totally, my family, they're the ones who every six months get the teeth cleaning yep. and they go to all their checkups. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who like the dentist has to call and say, listen, you haven't had your teeth cleaned in two years. Right. You've got to come in. Like I'm, because I'm constantly trying to run the business and take care sure. of everybody else. We'll show up for appointments that we have scheduled when it comes to business. But when it comes to appointments yeah. for ourselves. Totally. We, we don't make the time for it. So totally, I'm totally, sorry. I'm, I'm totally, sidetracking. But. No, that is so me, though. You just totally yeah. explained me in a nutshell because I'm taking care of everyone else and I never take care well, of Well, I can so. relate to that. And I'm sure the listeners can, too. All and it's moms, part of right? yes, being a mom, which which we're going to work on. <laughs> right. Right. And, and my you know, my sister is a, a mom of a two year old and um and I keep saying to her, you know, you got to take care of yourself first. It's like the thing on the airplane where the oxygen mask comes down. You know, you have to take care of yourself first before you take care of your children. And, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, so so 2020 was like, you know, I hear I said it was going to be a year of no. And then this cancer thing happened. Um, and I should just very quickly just to get through the the, you know, what happened situation. So then I had surgery on March 16th which was one of the last days. I was one of the last people to get surgery in the Cleveland area for this kind of thing before the lockdown. So again, luck and Providence. Right. And then, um, and then I healed up for about a month and then I had to start radiation, which meant I had to go into a medical facility every day for like a month and a half to get radiation during a pandemic, which was terrifying. I was, and my husband couldn't go with me. I had to go by myself and, um, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. I can't even imagine. Uh, but it was, but again, it was like, you just have to get through it. Like, tell me what I got to do. And I got to sure. But, but so the joke I keep telling people is, you know, you want to learn how to say no, <laughs> you know, the universe laughed and then, uh, they threw a pandemic and cancer at me at the same time. And also it have totally affected my business, of course, just like every other small business, because my clients were hit and therefore I was hit. So like everything just kind of stopped at the same time. And, um, and so one of my clients joked and said, it's like, you took a master class and how to say no. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one of the big, the big thing I did to say no is that Um, If anyone's ever had a major illness or cancer, they can probably relate is that everybody wants to talk to you about it. Everybody and everybody is upset. And I felt like I was spending all this energy saying the same things over and over and over because everybody wanted to know the details. And I was also spending a lot of energy comforting everyone else instead of them comforting me. I was comforting them and reassuring them that I was going to be okay. And that's exhausting when you're terrified. Sure. And you're trying to put a brave face up, you know, you know, you probably know what this is, Sarah, but like you ever have a situation where your kids hurt and you're taking them to the emergency room and you go into like mom mode Mm -hmm. or dad mode and you're just like, everything's fine. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to show fear because I don't, you know, and that's exhausting. Right. Well, and and then it's like a volcanic explosion because you're stuffing your feelings, how you're really feeling. Right. And then you explode. Yeah. So I, I made a decision right away that I said, I said to my husband, um, I have cancer. I am not cancer. My life is not going to be about cancer. So I said a big firm no up right away that I was not going to have every phone conversation about this with everybody I knew. So I set up, I didn't go public with it at first. 
I set up a CaringBridge account. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's sort of like, it's like a blog or a Facebook platform for people with a, with a serious medical situation. Okay. So you can write posts and update people that you invite. It's very private. Um, so I had like a, a group of friends and tight, you know, tight friends and, and family members um, that I then would post updates. Here's what's happened. Here's the latest That's test. Such a great idea. This, that. And it was just because I was exhausted. I couldn't, I was already exhausted just dealing with all the physical stuff. And emotionally I was upset and terrified and um, I just wasn't going to do it. I just, there are certain people in my life that are all about the drama of medical situations and it's exhausting when it's not about you, but when it is about you, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, no, this is the big, this is the hard no for me. This is not going to happen. Um, and so it was, it really gave me the space to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really grateful I did that for myself. Like I, that was one big thing I did to take care of. Now, do you feel like you would have done that before your year of no? No, Mm -mm. no, I, I, that year of no, really, even though I didn't, I don't feel like I've completed this whole thing, this whole learning Well, it's going to be a constant journey. Yeah. What, what it did is it, you know, the, you know, positive feedback, Mm -hmm. like I would see I would say no to something and sometimes it'd be a big no. And the world didn't end. The person didn't hate me. You had evidence to show that it was going to be okay. Right. And so, and also, even if somebody did get mad, I didn't care. (laughs) Is that terrible? I didn't care. I was like, you know, I can't control how other people feel. And one of the things I've tried to teach my daughter, who's, who's now 19 is, all your life, especially when you're a creative person, when people know you have a t- skill or a talent or something, they're going to want that for them. So they're going to want they're going to want you to do something for them. There's always going to be people asking you to do things for them, and they're going to be people no matter how much how nice you are, or whatever. They're going to be mad if you say no, and you can't control that. You can't just be constantly be doing things for other people if it's not part of what you want to do. So, you know, again do as I say, not as I do. Like I have to learn that for myself. So this year of no thing taught me that I could say no and the world wouldn't end, or I could say no. And yeah, maybe someone was annoyed with me or whatever, but like it then literally would open up an opportunity the next day. I would bet because I said, no, I now have time to say yes to this big opportunity that came. So, and it, it, I just, it also takes me to something that I, you know, oftentimes tell clients is that when we put boundaries up, the people that don't respect those, those are the people that need the boundary the most. Yeah. And also you figure out who's toxic, mm-hmm. right? You figure out who's Who's toxic? Who's introducing chaos? There are certain people now I call chaos makers Mm -hmm. because I realized they were kind of, I was spinning in circles all the time. And I kept saying, why am I spinning in circles? I'm so exhausted. Why am I? And I realized I was letting other people control what I was doing because I was so afraid to say no to them. And when I finally stood up and said no, some of them have exited my life Mm -hmm. and I don't miss them. I don't, I mean, I'm, is there a part of me that's a little sad that someone might have hard feelings with me? Maybe. But, but I don't, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather feel good about myself every day than deal with someone I don't really want to deal with and have my stomach drop when I see their name show up on my phone. Right. Like, I don't want to live every day like sure. that. And, so, you, and you have to teach people how to treat you because not all exactly. relationships will end. Some of them will, but then some of them, right. they just pivot and you create a different, a different dynamic. But 
you have to teach them what you're willing to put up with and what you're not. And they're not mind readers. So unless you're assertive and let them know what they need, they don't know. Yeah. And you know, I find that, you know, this, as I'm trying to pivot, I I feel like I kind of have it down for work stuff, but as I'm pivoting towards family, um, that's where that comes into play even more. There's more emotion in it. my husband's not a mind reader. Like, and I'll, I will see something he says or does and I'll, and I'll, you know, get mad and I'll assume he's coming from a certain place. But recently I've like learned to say, you know, well, this is what I'm thinking. And I, and then I learned, you know, it's the totally opposite thing. So, you know, it's that communication element is just so important. And I, and I'm learning, got it. I'm 51 and I can't believe I'm still having to teach myself this stuff. Like, you know, um, I'm learning that you, you have to tell people, this is what I'll accept. This is what I will not accept. And, you know, and also respect their boundaries, you know, in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, it's definitely a process and I can't wait for my husband to be on. He'll be on one of these episodes and we'll be talking all about, you know, that dynamic and not, you know, we're not mind readers. So. Right. So, I mean, does this, does this sound familiar to you as a therapist? I mean, do you people talk to you about this stuff? Like, is this like an everyday thing? Am I late to the game here? No, you're (laughs) late to the party. You're not late to the game, (laughs) but you have to come to that conclusion on your own because, you know, I feel like as, as people, we are bombarded with information and knowledge is power. However, applied knowledge is power and we can't apply things until we come to that realization on our own. Yeah, totally. I mean, it wasn't until I really started to see real changes in what, you know, what I was doing every day and how I felt. I mean, really just that gut check of how do I feel Mm -hmm. every day um, really taught me that you know, this was the right path to be on that I needed to learn how to set these boundaries. So, um, so yeah, that's, so that's what this is all about. And, and, um, well, thank you so much for sharing that. I know there's a lot more that we'll continue to dive into throughout, you know, further future episodes. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we will. So there is so much exciting things happening in my life with, you know, the birth of our third son and opening a business. But and I can't remember who said this, but there is this quote and new levels, new devils. Right. And so this idea that no matter how exciting things are, there's always going to be challenges. And so for me. I noticed while I'm juggling all of these things, while I'm crying in the closet, you know, just trying to have a minute, I'm noticing that if if I want a certain life, I need to really start being intentional and mapping out the things that I need in my life in order to get to where I want to want to be. And mm-hmm. so the people that I would surround myself around the food I was eating, the professional work that I was doing, 
and my mindset. I needed to be in a good place in order for me to, again, fulfill all of these different roles that I have. So I just want to briefly share kind of about like my journey and I'll elaborate more as we continue to, um, you know, have future episodes. But I just think that it's important for you guys to just get a little bit of a snapshot um, into my life. And so Heather, I know I've shared this with you before, but, you know, I made the very bold decision um, to leave the current practice that I was at and open my own my own practice. Um, it was a really difficult decision because, again, I had been at that practice for um, for five years. It was comfortable. It was what I knew. And so it was a difficult decision, but I also knew based on I was commuting 40 minutes. Um, and I also knew the practice that I wanted and I had a vision for it. And so um, again, I, you know, three babies, um, during a global pandemic, why not? <laughs> Let's just open our own business. <laughs> you know, and the thought came to me that, you know, how often do we wait for the perfect time? You know, how often do we put off following our dream? Well, I'll do it when I get to here, or I achieve this goal, or I'm in this place in my life. And then we blink and 20 years have gone by and we haven't done the thing we wanted. So I just think it's so brave of you to just like, okay, I know all this is happening, but I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. And, you know, and then deal with, sure. you know, well, thank you. And I appreciate that. And you hit the nail on the head because Again, I am, I do a lot of vision boards and this was a 10 year goal of mine. It was not something that was an immediate thing, but because of circumstances, it just ended up happening the way that it was. And my wonderful husband, he, he was a uh, 110% supporting me through this, um, which, you know, that definitely makes, you know, a big difference, but yeah, timing is not perfect, but you have to just go with it. Um, so yeah, so I started to set boundaries, um, around relationships, specifically family members, believe it or not, which is one of the hardest things. Absolutely. That's the hardest. Um, and, and I started being very intentional with, a morning routine. So those of you that follow me on Mom Life Therapist, I am like a huge, huge, huge advocate for morning routine because it allows time for me for self-care. Um, and but in order to have a good morning routine, it affects all areas of my day because I have to go to bed at a certain time. I just like my kids, right. I have a bedtime. Yeah. And I have to stay true to yeah. that. So then it allows me to still, I factor in the, you know, late night feedings that I'll be up for. Um, but I set that alarm. And just like we were talking before about, it's like a muscle that you have to strengthen. I had to practice and yeah. practice and not every morning does it happen, but I don't beat myself up about it. I just, you know, start again. Um, but having a really good morning routine is important for me. Getting that morning workout in, I could go on and on about, you know, the um, the importance of physical moving your body, the physical aspects, how that leads to, you know, your mental health. Um, but I I need energy to be doing all of these things. I need the energy to keep going. 
So I had to start being very intentional with my morning routine, allowing time for self-care, which then, like I had mentioned, you know, having to set a bedtime for myself and things like that. But believe it or not, one of the hardest things for me to say no to was my relationship with food. Um, And so growing up Italian, the kitchen is the heart of the home. When something sad would happen, we would eat. When something, when it was a celebration, you would eat. Um, Emotion and food was always interconnected. And so I've had to work really hard on developing boundaries with food um, because I know for me and people that I work with, I talk about this all the time, that the foods that you put into your body not only affect your gut health, but it affects your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's energy, right? Exactly. And so just like I'm a recovering people pleaser, I'm also a recovering emotional leader. Um, And so this journey has not been easy. And it's a journey that I'm still on. But I have learned quickly that if um, I want to do all of these things, I have to have the energy and I have to have the clarity. And so my husband and I, I have to admit, we have been a dynamic duo when it comes to meal prep Sundays. That's great. Um, specifically on Sundays. And it's interesting because again, growing up Italian, um, two o'clock on Sundays was always something that we would do. We would get together, um, whether it was a birthday party, it would be on a Sunday and it would be at two o'clock. Yeah. It sounds familiar. My, our family's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) yeah, Sundays are kind of never my day. Right. And we realized for the five of us, Justin and I and the boys, that is our immediate family. And so that family needs to be taken care of first. And so Sundays, Sundays are kind of our start to the week. Some people, you know, start on Monday for us, it's Sunday. And so Sundays we wake up at our time. You know, we wake up in the morning, we get our morning routines done, both Justin and I. Um, And then we spend that. We also spend time making sure that we're getting doing whatever work goals that we need to do. We're setting the house up for success mm-hmm. because we need to have the laundry done and clothes laid yeah. out. And and because some days we're just on autopilot. Yeah. So we're trying Especially to be as guys. proactive. Yeah. Right. So we're trying to be as proactive as possible. And so we do our meal prep on, on Sundays. And for me, doing the meal prep not only eliminates the guesswork, I don't have to think about what I'm eating. It's all prepped and it's ready for me to go. Yeah. But it also takes the emotion out of it. I, and that's... I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, to I'm sorry to interrupt you. No. I just, I love that because I'm on this, you know, this cancer recovery journey and I have to learn how to re- eat. And um, I'm really struggling with this. I'm struggling. I'm tired. And um, there are times when I'm trying to make healthy choices and I'm you know, it's difficult when you're exhausted. So I, I'm excited that we're going to talk about this because I think a lot of people can relate to it. And, um, it's something, um, I I'm in a whole new lifestyle mode where I'm learning to eat all over again and having to get active and, um, to prevent cancer from coming back. And I know a lot of listeners can relate to all different kinds of relationships with food and how families impact that. Sure. And every body is different. 
everybody is different. Everybody is different. And we react differently to foods. And so you're the expert of you. You know you better than anyone. And it's just trying to figure out what foods make you feel your best versus what foods make you feel sluggish, what foods make you feel bloated, yucky, right? Um, And so again, you know, Justin and I, we've done a really great job of figuring out what foods bless our body and make our bodies run the best. And then we we prep that stuff ahead of time, because just like you mentioned, um, and I'm definitely... um, I, I'm guilty of this is that I get hangry, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I'm doing all of these things and I'm, you know, running a thousand miles a minute, like I need something that's convenient, but it's fuel. Um, and so having these things prepared has just truly been a game changer, um, for us. And it's, it's allowed me to stay mentally, um, clear when I'm working with clients. I'm not yelling at the kids out of hunger. Um, and it just, it allows us to operate at our best. So I'll definitely be talking more about that. But again, this boundary around not only food, but about our Sunday, um, our Sundays has been huge for us. Um, and, you know, I, I just think it's important, you know, for everybody you have, you know what's best for you and your family. And you have to figure out in the core of you what it is that you need in your life for you to be living the life that you've always wanted. So Sarah, you're a therapist and you talk to a lot of people. Um, I'm sure you hear stuff about boundaries and saying no and people struggling in their lives. Like what, what do you hear from your clients? I mean, what are they struggling with? What, what, I mean, is, is what I'm talking about resonating in terms of what you hear from them? That's a great question. And yes, setting boundaries is hard for so many people. Oftentimes I get a lot of people really struggling with setting boundaries with like family members, coworkers, even their kids, their spouse, the list. I mean, it goes on and on. Honestly, I I find even my adult children, when they were little and now I have a difficult time saying no to them. That that's probably the hardest one. Cause I want to do, I want to help my kids. I love them. Right. You know? Right. And, and oftentimes by not setting boundaries, we're actually not helping. Them. Right. So the right. more that we can set boundaries and expectations, it it's better for them. Um, it's interesting because some people, they, they don't even know how to set boundaries or they aren't even aware that a boundary needs to be set. Wow. That's, that's kind of profound. I mean, to not even recognize that I should say Mm -hmm. no here. Yeah. Or why. And absolutely. And then this one's also interesting. And I catch myself with this like black and white thinking because some people fear the boundary, like setting the boundary, because what if they change their mind? And that's interesting. it's, It's interesting because, you know, I want all of you to know, and you have to give yourself permission that it's okay to change your mind. 
I remember for me specifically with bringing Tristan home from the hospital during a pandemic, everybody wanted to know where will there be visitors? Do we have to wear a mask? There were a lot of these questions and I didn't know the answer to it. And finally, I had to step back and I said, when we are on the drive home, Justin, Tristan and I, I'll make my decision. I didn't have to decide beforehand just to appease anyone. I just said, you know what? I don't know. And that's okay. Yeah, I'll I'll let you know when I, when I have an answer. Yeah. And that's a boundary. I don't have to answer you right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. The other, you know, big things, and these are, you know, just kind of common, you know, fear, unknown, being uncomfortable, confrontation the guilt, and then the time. It does take time and it's not just going to be an immediate fix or an immediate change. It takes time to develop boundaries. Do you find like as women that we're not taught to say no? So Mm -hmm. that makes it even scarier. Like we just aren't I mean, maybe this is a stereotype, but I just feel like almost every woman I meet, like we're not equipped to say no. We don't like we're taught to always say yes because we're supposed to, or I I don't, it just seems like every woman I talk to just struggles with this. Absolutely. And, you know, we're conditioned, we're conditioned that way that, you know, we should put others before ourselves. Right. It's, it's always a virtue. It's a virtue. It is. Yeah, it is. And so then you're, yeah. Then you end up with all these women who are <laughs> like me, stressed out and tired and <laughs> resentful. You know, you, you, you feel like you have no choice and then you feel resentful to all these people instead of joyfully giving and taking care of people, you're resenting it and you're not enjoying your children or your family. Well, absolutely. I and I well, always, I, I use this like metaphor when I talk to clients and actually I have a visual that I use in, in my office, but you know, it's, it's like a watering can. And as women specifically, we are to water all of these different areas of our life. We're, you know, to water, um, we're a mom. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're dumping out water to invest in our kids, you know, to do things around the house, to fulfill her wife, her role as a wife, to fulfill, if we have a job or even a stay at home mom, you have all of these things that you have to do. And by the end of the day, you're all dried up. Yeah. And so we have to make sure that while we're pouring water out into all of these different areas, we have to constantly be pouring water in, in, yeah, in feeding and ourselves. So that's, yeah, exactly. And that's where the self care comes, right? And how it's not just doing one thing for yourself in the morning, but it's finding ways throughout the day to be watering yourself and deliberately choosing what to water. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. So what are the different kinds of boundaries? I mean, I talked about how the no could be don't answer the phone or it could be don't take on this client or it could be choosing not to open my email first thing in the day and saving that for later once I've already established what I want to do or whatever. 
Um, what other boundaries do you think we'll touch on while we explore this topic throughout our season? Sure. So it is important to kind of identify the way that I label a boundary is it's the process of determining what you will accept and what you won't accept. Plain and simple, what you will accept and what you won't. There's so many boundaries. So some, some boundaries, there's material boundaries, there's personal boundaries, physical boundaries, mental health boundaries, emotional, relational, internal, sexual, spiritual, and the list goes on. Interesting. So some of those, I don't really know what they mean. So I'm, I'm intrigued to know how we're going to talk about these things. I feel like I'm going to dive. This new 2.0 of mine is truly (laughs) going to be a master class as I learn what these things mean. Um, Because I feel a few seem easy, like no brainers, but some of them. Sure. uh, I'm a little perplexed. So I'm I'm very intrigued. Yes. And we'll be learning together. Um, For those of you, if you are looking to take a little bit of a deeper dive into boundaries, there is an amazing book by Henry Cloud and Dr. John John Townsend, and it is called Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life, and we'll link that in the show notes. So we've got a lot to cover this season. We have a lot of great episodes planned. We're going to talk to lots of interesting people from all different walks of life, including business owners, creative scientists, nonprofit leaders, and more. And um, we'll talk with them to explore all the different aspects and types of no's and why it's so hard for all of us, Um, how saying no's impacted their careers, their relationships, their lives. Um, So please stay tuned, Uh, visit our website to see who's going to be joining us. Um, Our plan is to drop episodes every other Tuesday. And um, between then, we'll have some mini-sodes to help dive a little deeper into some of the topics we've discussed in the longer form episodes. Um, And and although we're going to be sharing you know, our personal knows and having guests on here sharing their knows, we want to hear about your knows. So if you have a great no story, we want to hear it. You can send us an email um, through our website, which is hardnopodcast.com. And Heather is going to tell you a little bit about a tracker sheet that she's going to be providing. (laughs) Yeah, so this is just for those who want to take me up on this challenge and start your year of no. You can start it right now. And um, as I said, I kept myself accountable by keeping track in my bullet journal. And so you could do that if you have a journal or there are apps, habit tracker apps you could use on your phone. But if you want something that you can stick on your bulletin board and, 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 you know, look at every day to make sure you're saying no... We're going to make a little tracker sheet for you so you can note when you did it, what you did. Um, We're also going to have some little areas that tell you types of no's to kind of remind you what you could do to say no and ways of saying no. Um, But I'm sure you're going to help us add to that list as you share your no stories with us on our website. So we definitely want to keep you guys updated on what's going on with us. Visit us at our website. Again, it is hardnopodcast.com. Dot com. There will be links in the show notes that will include books and resources, even some 
downloadables that you can download. And we will mention all of this in the episode, but go to our website to learn more. And you can also access our individual websites. Heather's is clevergirlmarketing.com and mine is purposefulgrowthandwellness.com. You can also find us as Hard No Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe, rate, and give us a review so others can find us too. Special thanks to Rihanna Carusis of Collective Reach and the Social Distance Happy Hour podcast who inspired and challenged us to start this podcast and helped us produce our first episode. Stay tuned for a behind-the-scenes interview that we did with her about what it's been like launching the podcast. And a big thanks to our families and friends for all their encouragement and support, and to you, our listeners, for joining us on this adventure. That's a Hard No is a joint production of Clever Girl Marketing and Purposeful Growth and Wellness. Cover art and logo design by Angela Giacco of A Pink Sunset. You can find her at apinksunset.com. She's awesome. You guys should really check her out. She is. Music by Gigi Riggs. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's That's a hard hard no. no. to another episode of Social Distance Happy Hour, the pilot season. I have our next episode's co-hosts, Heather and Sarah here from That's a Hard No. Welcome, Heather and Sarah. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Hi, Sarah. So I am not going to get too far into the details because your entire pilot episode really walks us through the concept behind the podcast and um, how it came about. But I wanted to do a brief uh, behind the scenes interview with you since this is your first foray into podcasting. But I know it's been kind of a long time in the um, conceptualizing stage and a long time in the making. So I'm just curious uh, from a background standpoint point. How was it recording your first episode? Hilarious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, It's probably two or three takes of every section. Um, I hit the microphone a couple of times because I talk with my hands. Um, You know, what's wonderful is Sarah is so good thinking on her feet during a conversation that she would say, whoa, 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 stop. And, you know, this is how I'm hearing you. And is this what you mean? And then I'd say, oh, no. And then we'd uh, <laughs> rewind and start over. Um, what do you think, Sarah? Well, and I, I agree. I feel like Heather and I definitely, it's kind of that yin and yang. And that's what I'm so excited about. Um, but I also, Heather, you know, I, I'm trained in this, <laughs> the communication True. piece. That's why with, I asked you to join me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, you know, it's interesting because a lot of like what I teach clients and what I talk to clients about and I 
use kind of this growth mindset is that you have to go through it in order to grow through it. And so I have to take my own advice while, you know, um, starting a podcast that I've never done before. So of course, there's going to be bumps and you just have to figure it out as you go. That's great. Yeah, I, um, I heard you say that you have to go through it to grow through it. And I, I um, really admire your, uh, Sarah, your active listening skill set. Uh, because when I go back and listen to an episode, I think of things that, um, you know, never crossed my mind during the conversation that I, I would love to have had the, the wherewithal to address right then. Um, and I also kind of have a suspicion that maybe Heather roped you into this so she could get free therapy every week. I mean, Heather- it's not a bad bonus. I mean, <laughs> so I'm learning things. You know, it's funny. I My favorite podcasts involve interviews who have great listening skills, like Terry Gross with Fresh Air. Like, I just love the way she'll pick up on something and run with it. And I always... Uh, imagine that I might have those skills. But then, you know, we did our first interview a, a few days ago and I found myself just sort of in awe of Sarah because she would say, okay, hold on, let's, let's dive into that point. Isn't that amazing? And she would, you know, kind of make us focus on the, the key takeaway in, in a given moment. And I just don't have that skill yet. So, you know, for me, I'll be learning how to be a better active listener uh, by by doing this with Sarah, so interesting. Now, Sarah, on the flip side, I know, or I maybe I I assume as a trained counselor, your skill set is in listening and in mirroring mirroring and echoing back to people what you've heard. Um, are you finding the podcast medium to be different since you you're that's not exclusively your role in this. You're also contributing from your own perspective. So has that so far been um, a step outside your comfort zone or does that kind of jive with your, your style as that is actually, that's a great question. And I think what has really helped me and as we're launching this whole idea of a hard no, is that I'm really learning that, it's so like who I am as a person is also part of my profession. And so in regards to um, the whole active listening and Heather, I do have to say, I love that you said I'm not a great active listener yet <laughs> because the reality is, but the reality is it's a muscle. It's a muscle that you have to yeah. strengthen. To exactly. Yeah. And so as far as, you know, being an active listener, kind of reframing and honing in on things, Things, um, that's kind of just my personality and, and why I, I like to, why I'm great at, you know, the therapeutic setting, but that also is my personality. So doing this podcast has been wonderful talking to guests that we've talked to. It just allows me to have, you know, deeper conversations and, um, you know, use those skills in different areas. Yeah. Yeah. So th- yeah, that's an interesting lens to look through that. This is, you know, one more thing on top of everything else that we're all doing. Heather, you're very busy with your business. Sarah, you just launched your practice and you still have what I would qualify as a newborn on top of two other very <laughs> young children. Why did you say yes to this? <laughs> 
So for me personally, I am someone that I do a lot of vision boards. So um, I always, every year, I kind of, I keep a journal and um, I start in January with my, I always do my daily um, gratitude affirmation. And then I actually create 10 goals, but I write it as if it's already happened. And so I put, I will host a podcast. That was for 2020. And I had no idea anything about a podcast. I like, again, I wanted to start a practice, but I wrote that. And when Heather had, um, had sought me out and sent this email. It was hilarious because I was actually in like a um, nighttime nursing session and I saw this email and it was like, I, I, I was just like the heavens had opened up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's come true. And so um, meeting with Heather previously, we had done some work together and her and I like hit okay. it off immediately. Um, but I just thought like, this is this is part, this is part of my next chapter. And, and so I said, yes, because I believe in Heather and her mission and what she's about. Um, and then I also, this has been a goal that I've had. I didn't know it was going to happen when it did, but I, I just went with it. I had no idea, yes. Sarah. I had no idea that you wrote that as a goal for 2020. I did. That just floors yes. me. It's like the universe made us do that. Like, there's so many, like, I've been wanting to do a podcast forever, Rihanna. And, and I, I've told you I've struggled with content marketing. And I just had this thing in the back of my head. And someday I want to do this, but I don't know how. And then you did the whole, hey, guys, who wants to start a podcast? <laughs> and so then I thought about it. And then you guys liked it. And then I thought, well, who do I know? I really want someone to sort of check me as we do this. I don't want to be giving out crazy bad advice. Um and so just on a whim, I sent this late night email, like, hi, <laughs> how are you? And I know you just had a baby, but, and I thought she's just thinking I'm crazy. And uh, yeah, I had no idea, Sarah. Yes. That's amazing. I'm just. And, and I also think as a mom of three and just, I wish, like, I wish more people talked about this, but this is a passion project for me. And I think as women, it is so important for us to be able to really recognize our identity. We have permission to be more than just a mom. And, and so really recognizing and allowing myself not to, I feel like sometimes we feel like it's selfish for us to put ourselves first, but the reality is we have to. We have to put ourselves first and do things that makes us feel our best. So then we can be the best wife, the best mother, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah, that's so true. So true. Yeah. And, and how many times have we been late at night, exhausted, working on things together or having a long day? And then when we're done working on something, we both say, oh, I have so much energy now. This was so fun. I'm all charged exactly. up. And I can't tell you yeah. not to get too deep, but like those moments where I have, I have three kids, three and under, and I will put myself in the closet, have a moment. And like, 
I've cried, I've been upset. And then I just think of this podcast and how we can be reaching other people and talking about these things. And it gives me, it gives me hope and it gives me an outlet in those times of complete despair and frustration and exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> this is so so listeners, that is a teaser for the amazing content that you're going to be hearing on that's a hard no. And you are this is this is unlike time capsule or um uh, how I met your father. This is not just a one and done. You guys are going for it. So do you want to tease where people can find, um, episodes two through X, uh, once they, once they jump off the social distance? Yeah. The so we're, I'm frantically building a website <laughs> as, we, as we record this. So, uh, you can find us at <laughs> hardnopodcast.com. And then on social will be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as at hardnopodcast. So it'd be pretty simple to find us. And also everywhere you get podcasts. Isn't that what I'm supposed to start saying now? Everywhere right. you Yes. When is this when you say it? Rate. Rate, yeah. review, subscribe. Everywhere rate, you review, get your subscribe. podcasts. Yeah. We'll be there. Yeah. And do you two want to plug your um individual business uh socials while while we have you on the line so people can learn more about you if they're interested? Sure. No. So um, if you want to kind of get to know me more on a personal basis, so my handle for Instagram is mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. What is it? Mom, mom life. life. Mom brain. Um, so <laughs> it's um, mom life dot therapist. And then purposeful growth and wellness is my um, Instagram handle, as well as I have a Facebook page and a website. Okay, so my turn. So I'm uh, the owner of Clever Girl Marketing. Uh, so you can find us at clevergirlmarketing.com. Super original. And uh, all our handles on social media are Clever Girl CLE. Because, you know, uh -huh. Cleveland's our hometown. Right. But anyway, <laughs> so Clever Girl CLE or clevergirlmarketing.com. Perfect. And while you're there, we the other little content thing we have uh, is a, a weekly newsletter that's just five, five random things that are fun that have nothing to do with marketing. It's just called Five Things Newsletter. You can subscribe on our website. Awesome. Okay. Well, without further ado, I am going to turn it over to you two to kick it off for the first ever episode of That's a Hard No. Thank you.
Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.